Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. This is your co-host Agnes. And I'm Margaret. We're both sisters and we created the space to unpack and discuss our lived experiences with the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We are very grateful you could join us here today. Now, this episode, we are going to talk a lot on family dynamics, but then we start, we branch off into, you know, the relationships of sisters, and then we also break into the relationships of mother and daughter. If you don't already know this, we're from a really big family, and Margaret is the oldest, I'm the seventh out of nine kids, so we really have different, a lot of dynamics. A lot of dynamics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we really have kind of different, you know, traumas, experiences, relationships with family. So it's definitely interesting to kind of, you know, see the similarities and how, you know, the things we don't relate on. So with this episode, I know for myself, I really learned a lot about our family. It really opened up a whole, whole new window of gratitude for our family. Um, Now, the crazy thing about this episode, um, the morning that we recorded this episode, you know, everything was fine. Later that that day that we had recorded this episode, my father-in-law, he passed away the day that we recorded this episode, which was, you know, I didn't really really, it didn't click in my head until the next day. And Margaret was like, holy shit, we recorded this episode all about family and then later on that day, my father-in-law, he had passed away while his whole family was with him. Ugh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> but it really shows the power of the universe, the power of family, and the power of unity and connection and all that great mushy-gushy stuff. <laughs> So hopefully, you know, whether you're from a small family or a big family, this episode speaks to you. Hey. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Good. I mean, I think good. I just woke up, so we're going to find out. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I like, I set my alarm at 530. I did not wake up till six. I snoozed that bitch so many times. (laughs) Yeah. So good morning, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about the role of sisters. Yay. I'm so excited because like, well, you and I, as I'm sure people know, we're from a really big family. Um, Margaret, what number are you? You're number one. (laughs) Uh, I'm number seven and we're out of five girls in our family. So we have lots of sisters, a lot of... um, dynamics just a whole system in our family um and yeah we just want to talk about not just the relationship as sisters but what it's like growing up with a big family in general because it has been so impactful on how we live our lives today I mean I don't even believe that I would be the person that I am today unless I grew up in the family that we have yeah absolutely and I really want to just kind of lay down a couple things right out the gate just so people are aware you know, we have nine children in our family, five girls, four boys, and there's so many of us that I've actually realized that we're almost like two generations within one family. So there's a lot right there. Um, and the other thing too, just just kind of a fun fact about us is that I actually got to help deliver you, Agnes, when you were born. <laughs> I cut your umbilical yeah. cord. So that's just how, just just to kind of give some perspective, how large our family is and just how um, spanned out we are. I mean, really, we are almost across two decades. Um, There's 19 years between me and the youngest. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I like how you're just mentioning how we're, you know, two different generations because I'm Gen Z and you're a millennial. Yep. So it's really funny when we get together because we can hit it off. But then I'm like, oh, my God, did you hear about this one thing and this one song and this one whatever? And you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely like a little I can definitely see like the disconnect between the two generations. Yeah. But I mean, it's all good. Like, we're just, you know, we're just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Agnes, if you could kick it off. um, sisters what do you think of when you think of 
the word sisters? Um, well, sisters, I always think best friend because um, not only do I have like my biological sisters, but I also have my sister-in-law, Cassidy. Um, her and I, I always just refer to her like as just my sister, my best friend. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, re- I really kind of just see it as like this bonding um weird like relationship of like love and hate and protection mostly um and I mean throughout my um experiences I mean with all of my siblings I've always been really close with them but then I always like had my moments with them I've always somewhat hated I mean except for you I don't I don't think you and I've ever had beef we had we had too big of a gap between us to really have any beef yeah we didn't really have beef but um I know with my my other sisters Cecily and Claire um we were always the three little girls we were the youngest and we used to always be you know wearing matching dresses on holidays um we have always been so close yet I remember you know ripping out their hair when I was like 12 years old (laughs) so you know it's it's a really interesting um system but honestly I wouldn't change it for the world I mean I know that my sisters are my best friends and they always have my back so um and then for you like kind of what's your experience well my experience is a little bit different um I think when I think of the word sister and what that means to me, it's almost like, um, hmm. it's like that gift that didn't come to fruition for me until adulthood. Um, because you gotta, you gotta keep in mind, I'm the oldest and then there's two brothers and then there's a sister. So there's a five year age gap between me and the next sister. And so, and that's our sister Martina. And Martina and I, I mean, I think that we just despised each other our entire childhood. She she was my little sister that I had to share my room with, and I was so bitter about it. <laughs> so we just, like, consistently fought um, our whole childhood. And then, of course, the next sister isn't Cecilia, you know, who, again, I helped deliver her. So huge age gap. I was, I felt like I was living in a family of boys. And then there was a few little girls at the end. Um, So for me, sister is, yeah, it's almost like this gift that I was given. And I didn't, I was not able to fully understand and appreciate it until I became an adult. And each of you girls got a little older and I was able to connect with you in a totally different way um, beyond being a child living in the house. That is very interesting because for me, I'm definitely like, um, I I was in the midst of being around women all the time. I mean, whether it was getting our periods at the same time or sharing clothes or fighting over clothes and stealing (laughs) people's, you know, just the whole thing. See, I had my own clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. I used to always wear your hand-me-downs. I despise you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's really interesting how you were saying that you felt like you were in a family of boys where I feel kind of the opposite. I I mean, I, I'm close with my brothers, but I'm, I'm not nearly as close with my brothers as I am my sisters. Mm. So I guess that's another like um, parallel between our two lives, whether, you know, with the generations and then just kind of the gender that we were mostly exposed to in our youth. Wow. You know, this is so funny. Like we had never put this together until this moment (laughs) never never I you know I never thought about it that way (laughs) yeah that's really cool so okay so I yes I as the oldest sister I have these these memories of yeah you were one of the three little girls that's what that's what everybody called you Cecilia and Agnes you were the three little girls at the very very end and then of course you know Luke showed up like six years later totally unexpectedly he's the official youngest of the family but you were the three little girls for a long time. You three were always together. You were always um, either laughing and playing together or, or murdering each other. Um, <laughs> but you were like your own little posse. So that's just yeah. like always been my memory of it. So can you expand on that? What was that like? Because you were right in the middle. You were the middle child of the three little girls. You always were together growing up. And now here you are in adulthood. All three of you are completely different individuals. 
Um, Very different. Look back, look back on this journey. Can you share kind of some your perspective on that? Yeah. Well, just a correction. You said me, Cecily, and Agnes. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's me, Agnes, my older sister Cecilia, and my younger sister um, Claire, yeah. and we're all two years apart. Um, so yeah, like growing up, I mean, we used to always go to the same babysitter, Claire Kiesler. I love her oh, to love the end Claire. of the day. Um, she used, she was our neighbor. She always took care of us three girls and took us out. And we were always with her. Um, and so it was always the three of us. And I remember, you know, things like us, uh, going to my grandpa's house and always wanting to like watch the same movies. We always wanted to watch Madeline or, uh, whatever a- Angelina the ballerina I don't know <laughs> so we really bonded a lot on the same like movies um, and I, I mean I remember it was always comforting as it's as a really small child you know being like five or six and just knowing that I always had my sisters with me as much as like we would bicker and fight over toys and whatever we were always very close and then I think our relationship definitely changed a lot as we started growing up kind of getting to like 10 11 12 um it was definitely I will admit it was definitely uh Cecilia my older sister and I kind of branched off um and I I do feel bad but we kind of left Claire in the dark a little bit she was the younger you know the younger sister she was definitely in that like musically age I don't know how to explain it um we just there was a disconnect with Claire and then Cecilia and I um so Cecilia and I we kind of started bonding a lot on fandom so we were that those crazy bitches <laughs> we were obsessed with the Hunger Games we were obsessed with Five Seconds of Summer we were obsessed with K-pop oh my god like Cecilia and I we would pool our money together our our pennies and we would just buy these like things we would search for posters our bedroom wall was just covered in posters so we were those siblings um and then we definitely kind of left Claire in the dark a little bit um I'm not sure what really happened it was something like crazy we just kind of you know just age difference um probably just adolescence you know puberty and adolescence yeah Mm -hmm. for sure and I know that for her it might have been a little bit traumatic um with her older siblings kind of leaving her behind um and I I do feel guilty but at the end of the day like I still was very young and I didn't understand those types of things like I do now like always including your siblings and always um sharing your interests with them and trying to understand them better um so yeah and then we kind of that was kind of that phase and then we kind of grew up um and then I think mainly uh when uh so when uh we all moved to Phoenix sorry brain fart (laughs) we moved to Phoenix and Cecilia she got a boyfriend she moved on she started going in more interested in um I want to say like religious aspects of things she started becoming more um involved in her Catholicism which is totally okay um she kind of went her separate path and then that's when Claire and I got really close when um I will definitely expand on this if you want it but we both went to a private high school in Arizona which was just all 50 shades of fucked up uh-huh. um, <laughs> I remember this. and that's when Claire and I really really bonded I mean in the school bathroom just like crying on each other on each other's shoulders and I really got to know Claire in a whole different way rather than just my little sister but my absolute best friend who as annoying as she was and as we I mean we, we even fight to this day we'll argue with each other but like Claire and I definitely have an emotional understanding of each other Mm. and even just in this moment right now I am just so incredibly grateful that I have that because I do have friends that are only siblings and they don't have that and I can't even imagine going through these traumatic experiences being alone and not having that sister that I can go crying to no matter how stupid it is and having them just give me a hug and understand me. Yeah. So that was kind of my experience with just the three little girls. <laughs> wow. So. I mean, I think like just I felt like listening to that story, that kind of chronological story of being a small child and um, 
being really close with your sisters. They were like your playmates and your confidants and you grew up together. And then, you know, in different periods of your life, you felt closer with one than the other and how that sort of changed and evolved going into adulthood. I feel like that's such a, a normal story that anyone that's a sister and has a sister can relate to that. Um, that evolution of the dynamic between your sister throughout life and how it's never stagnant. It's always changing and evolving. Um, yeah. There was something you said that really was profound to me about how when you and Cecilia were um, in adolescence and you were both really close and how that might have caused some trauma for Claire, I, I really just reflected on that for a moment because... I honestly feel like isn't that what we as siblings do in a sense like we incarnate into this life and we are our biggest spiritual teachers for each other like family yeah can be our biggest spiritual teachers family can be the ones that fuck us up the most and family can be the ones that help us heal the most and sometimes it can be the same person that does that in different parts of life um there's just, I don't know, there's just something so deeply spiritual, I feel, about the connection with between people in a, in a family. Um, and sisters, yeah. I think, just bring a whole other level of dynamic, you know, because again, like you said, you were going through periods together, you know, big life changes, um, just very, like, very physiological changes together. You were sharing that with somebody else. I mean, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, that I, that just makes me appreciate it all so much more um, because I know that you had your hypnotherapy a while ago. And, you know, without digging into it, you were mentioning how you were experiencing a little bit of the creation of our family. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of reflecting back on that and how um, in our pure souls, we, our family got together and we chose to put ourselves onto this earth as a family knowing the plan knowing what was going to happen and we all consented to it and agreed upon it and here we are now and even though I have had so much pain from family and um, just the structure we grew up in it was not all Barbie dolls and (laughs) sisters and friendship it was a lot of trauma and it kind of helps me come to peace a little bit with that, that I knew coming into this world that my family was going to hurt me and I love them regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Yeah, that really brings out the power. Um, I was going to say, ask you, uh, so as you grew up into your adult years, um, when did you really start feeling the connection to your sister's? Because I know that you were saying you felt like you were in a family of boys, <laughs> but there's more girls than boys in the family. Yeah. Um, so when so when did you feel that connection? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably first with Martina, since she's the the next sister in line. She's sibling number four in our in our family. Um, and I'm trying to. Re- I I have this this vague memory of her coming to visit me here in Las Vegas, where I live now. And Braden was like a little toddler, I think, and she must have been in early adulthood. I remember her coming to visit, and we had a lot of fun. Um, but you know, Martina also has always been for me. Again, like we still have a little bit of that older younger sister sister vibe. Um, we still fight all the time. <laughs> I love her, but we still squabble, and. Um, so I think as she got into adulthood and started experiencing just the struggles of, of life as a young adult, as I was at that time too, we were able to bond a little bit over that. Um, and then of course, um, it's hilarious hearing you talk about you and Cecilia going through the, the fandom phase and Hunger Games and all that, because I remember being married and having a child of my own and, and knowing this about you. Um, knowing that was your thing and we had nothing in common (laughs) really I don't think you and I really talked that much unless I was talking on the phone to mom and and you girls were in the background or something so obviously (laughs) Martina you were like you were like the really cool older sister oh hardly oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so um 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember when I first started connecting with you younger girls. Um, obviously, you came and lived with me for a summer, and I feel like that's when you and I really started to get to know each other. This is going back now, oh gosh, four or five years ago, that summer you came in. 20, 2017. Yeah. Was it 2017? Okay, must have been four years ago. Yeah, so that's when you and I like really started to bond in a whole different way. Um, and you were in high school at that time, and um, I was uh, right at the end of my marriage. So that was a good opportunity for us to bond. But yeah, really, it was not until mid to late 20s that I started really connecting with my sisters for the first time. It was always me. Honestly, it was always me and John. <laughs> Our brother John. Yeah. John and I were super close growing up, and we've always been super close. So, um, again, I really just was kind of in a family of boys, and I've never really sat with that and reflected on it until this moment right now, which is I'm finding really, really profound. Um, yeah. Maybe that explains why when I was younger, I was such a tomboy. Like, I just really... <laughs> I <laughs> The combat boots. Oh, my God. I just <laughs> resented that I had to wear dresses and, like, do these domesticated chores with mom and do the dishes. Oh, my God. So <laughs> it was not fair that I had to conform to this, like, female gender role within the house, especially as the oldest girl, to basically help nurture and take care of everyone under everyone younger than me. Um, I was mom's right hand person. You know, I was I was very involved in all of the um, I would say mostly the kitchen duties, hence why I hate kitchen duties today. You know my burning passion, my burning passion, oh my, my hatred for, for, for being in the kitchen. But that's because that was my role growing up, was to help mom in the kitchen in all those roles and all, or in all, with all those duties. Um, so I just resented that, that I had to conform to that female gender role within the house and nurturing all the younger siblings. And my brothers just got to go do whatever the fuck they wanted. Um, hang out with all their friends and go climb trees and break arms and ride bikes and do all the things that I wanted to do so badly. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that was, that was like, I still have a lot of stuff there within myself that I'm like unpacking and probably will continue to unpack and, and heal from and work through in my life. But, um, so yeah, that's why I feel like having sisters for me was this gift that did not come to fruition until adulthood because I had to help raise all of you and take care of you and, yeah. and change your diapers and babysit you. And it was just like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You were, we were your chore. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> when you put it like that, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually going to touch a little bit how you were saying um, that you felt like John was your best friend and it's really interesting because I never really had um, a really close relationship with my brothers um, until uh, this last two years when I went to Illinois and I had lived with John um, and he had gone through his um, separation with his ex-wife and uh, John and I really bonded and now John and I are really close. In fact, we actually just went to Disneyland with me and his family. Um, and it's really interesting. I never had those experiences growing up. Like John and I, I didn't even really know the first thing about John until I was like, what, 17? Mm-hmm. Wow. So it, it's really crazy how these like weird spans go by where I don't even really know anything about my siblings. I mean, I guess the same can go for Andrew too. Like, I don't really talk to Andrew a lot. Maybe I should reach out and try to build those relationships, you know? Well, it's hard when there's nine people in a family or nine siblings in a family. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard because, you know, already in life, I mean, I think most of us can relate to this at, you know, in, in this point in history. Um, you know, we have our lives, we're busy, we work jobs, we have responsibilities. We, we, we usually are able to maintain um, good strong relationships with like less than five people at a time. It's a oh lot. My God, right? I mean, think about yeah. think about your best friends. Think about the people that you talk to on let's say like a weekly basis. Okay, it's probably not more than five people. And I'm gonna safely assume that that's true for for most of the people out there and people listening to this right now. So when you have nine siblings, I mean, 
I feel like it's literally impossible. <laughs> it is literally impossible to maintain the depth that that depth of a relationship with every single person. And that's why I feel like we kind of go through seasons in life. Like I've gone through seasons in life where I have felt closer with a sibling because we were going through some kind of a shared experience at the same time. And then maybe we branched off in different paths and it, it wasn't that 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 was a friendship or a relationship lost. It's just um, taking a little pause for a bit and we will reconvene again in the future. So yeah. it's, I feel like that's, that's kind of the dynamic between all of us and our family. And it really is interesting hearing how, you know, I felt like I was raised in a family of boys. So my closest relationships have been with my brothers where you were literally the exact opposite. You were surrounded by girls. You had your sisters you grew up with and your brothers were that gift that didn't come to fruition mm-hmm. until adulthood. Look at that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's funny because even though like I don't feel 100% as close with all of my siblings as like per se you and I um, I was just kind of reflecting on holidays and when our family gets together I mean I've always known like it's always been such a great experience and so powerful but right now kind of in this moment I'm realizing when our family is together there's almost this like like divine energy do you understand what I'm saying? Like we're together and we're conversing or we're arguing or we're politics or something, (laughs) but it's just, it's just such a, um, it pulls me in. Mm. I mean, I feel so alive when I'm with my family, you know? And, um, you know, like last Easter when all of us were together, that was, um, there were, I took pictures on my camera of all of us and I remember I'm just sitting there like staring at someone like in mid conversation and I just like feel so pulled in and you know we get together and honestly I actually do you know the last time all of us were together um it was I'm pretty sure it was John's wedding and this was back in 2016 so yeah that was all of us five years ago that was a yeah yeah I remember that was very historical for our family we were like oh my god Because, you know, it's interesting because as children, you know, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, I'm with all my siblings. And then you become adults and it's like, now you have to plan plane tickets. We are all over the fucking country. So, well, yeah, well, right now, right now we're all over the country because there was a couple of years where we were literally all over the world because John was in Afghanistan and Matthew was in Germany and like we have been spread out all over the world. So actually I feel like right now at this point most of us are contained to one part of the country, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it, which is so funny cuz Andrew, I don't know if he's still in Alaska, but he was in Alaska and that's like so far but mm-hmm. still so close. Exactly. Yeah, I don't maybe we're going to have to some at some point when we're all super rich and just plan like oh, yeah. a whole <laughs> A whole thing, a whole shebang. That yeah, but I know what so. you mean. There is something, there is something very divine when we're all together, or at least even just a just a group of us are together. But I do also want to point out um, the miracle in that a little bit because I mm-hmm. well I have discussions with friends who are also from big families that don't really have that same feeling when they're around their families. In fact, being around their families can be very traumatic for them. So Mm -hmm. I do want to point out and name and acknowledge um, the miracle in that, that that we can get together as a family and feel so interconnected and have this deep love. uh, Yes, frustration. There's frustration and fighting always. But this deep love and this divine energy because each of us has committed to our own growth. Each of us has committed to healing because, you know, not everyone knows this, but growing up, you know, within our household, there was abuse happening, there was neglect happening, there was a lot of trauma um, that we will unpack in later episodes, but, you know, we collectively went through a lot of, a lot of horrific things together. Um, And it has scarred each of us in different ways. And each of us have um, gained resilience and been traumatized in different ways. And Um, At this point, I look at our family and I'm just so grateful that 
I would say most of us are very committed to um, acknowledging that trauma. And most of us are either in some form of therapy or, you know, we, we're in therapeutic spaces or, you know, we're taking steps to, um, to grow from that. And so I think that from that place, we are able to connect to that divine energy that, that comes up when we're all together. Like we've, we've worked for that. We've worked our asses off for that. Yeah, for sure. It's so interesting, like, um, how even though, you know, sometimes I, I get in my head about just being a human and being in this life itself, and um, I'm, like, so confused, and, like, why did I choose this for myself? Um, but reflecting back where I was talking about your um, experience with hypnotherapy, and it's uh, it's, like, I, it just makes me feel so much more comforted knowing that I, I genuinely chose this trauma and not in a way of like abusing myself, but in a way of growing myself mm. and just kind of watering the plant. And because now, like, even though in my head, I, I can beat myself up and be like, you're a mess and you need to get your shit together. But I mean, I sometimes look back at the little girl that I was living in that household and as great as it was having siblings um I did feel very dark at a very young age I mean that's one thing like feeling this feeling feeling anxiety or depression or like hopelessness at very young ages is very traumatic and sometimes I look back at that little girl and I'm like I just hope that I'm the girl that she I, I hope she looks at me and she's like wow you're so cool and you <laughs> made it <laughs> you know because that would just make my day because I have so much grace and so much compassion for not just me at that age but all of my siblings and um all of the trauma I mean I'm hearing some of even my brother's traumatic experiences when they were very young it it just breaks my heart and you know, it, it means so much more to me because they're family and I, I hear them and I see them in that moment and that vulnerability and I just hold so much compassion for our family as much as they drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, let me just, let me just say it's not all, I'm so grateful. It's not all <laughs> like that. <laughs> There's a lot. We have a family group chat. I for sure have that bitch on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of bickering, but you know, for looking at it from like a higher perspective and a more um, spiritual place, it's it really is a beautiful thing having a family, and um, it even now like helps me with my relationships now and my marriage now, and how can I cultivate that energy in one day if I have my own family? So, and actually, I was gonna ask, how do you feel about? Um, your son because he's an only child and how, how do you how do you feel do you have any like feelings about that I do it's so funny you bring that up I do reflect on that because you know I'm one of nine children and my son is an only child and I'm like oh my god I can't even I don't even know how to relate to that I have no concept of what that would be like to be an only child um, and I don't have any plans to have any more children, so he will continue to be an only child. And I'm pretty sure his dad's not planning <laughs> on having more kids either, so, like, he's an only yeah. child. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one for me. It's tough. I feel um, it does make me a little bit sad to think that my son will not experience the joys of having a sibling. However, with the life that, that I've created... Um, the life that his dad has created for, you know, you know, we have, we really strongly believe in the power of community. And so I would say that, that Brayden, my son, he might not biologically have a sibling, but you know, we really, especially here in Las Vegas, we have created this extended family, um, through his dad's family, and, um, you know, you, uh, mom lives in Phoenix, so just a few hours away from here. And I have siblings and, you know, or we have siblings. And so we have really created this um, beautiful extended family dynamic as well. And so my son gets to be a part of that, um, you know, when he has 
step-siblings as well on his dad's side. So he has that. So I, I feel like he might not biologically have siblings, but he is certainly uh, not short on love. Lots of love and support from many people. And we definitely believe in the power of yeah, creating that community and, and adopting people into the family. Um, very powerful. So he does get to enjoy that. And I feel like that's a, that's a little bit of a different experience than what we had because we were such a big family. We had so much energy. Um, there was it, We were a lot for people to handle. So I think that we were not as connected with other people outside the home as Braden gets to be. He's very, Mm -hmm. very much uh, a welcome member in many households, (laughs) Um, you know, so he just kind of is having a different experience. I don't think it's less than, um, I don't think he's deprived of anything. It's just, it just looks very different from what we grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that because I know for myself, I don't have any intention on having a big family just because of the environmental impacts it has. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because when I was younger, um, I remember not being invited to like birthday parties and stuff because I, I doesn't, I don't really hold any trauma. I kind of think it's funny, but I, I was the loud girl. I was loud in school. Um, I went to elementary school, kindergarten through third grade. And, um, it was like, I, just I was loud I was I was friends with the boys <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, I was that I was that bitch and I, I remember not being invited to things um but you know it's okay I'm okay with that I had my siblings at the end of the day yeah um yeah so it's really interesting that you're able to cultivate that for Brayden yeah so it's it's interesting though to to you know look at those parallels between the dynamics within a big family and being able to have have sisters um that you know that gift of sisterhood and then to kind of contrast that with you know some of our our children you know our children are not going to I think most of us are not going to have big families so to kind of contrast that with our children's experiences um but yeah it's a beautiful gift drives us crazy but it's a beautiful gift Mostly we've been talking about sisters and our relationship with our siblings, but how about your relationship with mom? Because mom, uh, you know, as a woman, she has been such an impactful person in our lives and she was just the glue to our family. Um, so so kind of ha- expand a little bit on both with your adolescence and your adulthood. How has your relationship with mom been? Um. Well, since I'm the oldest, I know that there was a period in my life where I was an only child, which I have no conscious memory of, uh, because there's about a year and a half difference between me and Andrew, the next sibling. Um, So I know that I got that one-on-one attention from her. I just don't remember it at all. Um, My earliest memories are, you know, of me, Andrew, and John. So three of us. That's, That's the earliest that I can remember, really. Um, which is already a lot for a young mother to have on her hands. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, honestly, I've, you know, because I am in school for social work, I study a lot of these dynamics and I study attachment styles. And I've recognized that mom and I had kind of an avoidant attachment style for most of my life. So I don't have, I don't have memories of mom picking me up and hugging me or loving on me. Like, if anything, whenever she did that, it felt kind of strange to me because it was not normal. Uh, Mom was just this very um, stressed out person. It was just trying to hold the house together. Um, I just recall her just always being so distraught. um, And I feel like because I was the oldest, that kind of put a lot of pressure on me to have to step up and be there for other people. But then of course, you know, I was a small child. I didn't know how to do that. (laughs) Um, And so mom and I have, uh, you know, and then then branching into later childhood, I was at that point, like mom's right-hand person. So when I I think of my relationship with mom, um, I see us standing side by side at the sink doing the dishes together, you know? And her kind of ranting to me about her stress um, and me kind of taking that on. 
um, and feeling really bad for her and just, but there was like nothing I could do about it. Um, so, and then of course she and I, because I was the oldest child and I was just like kind of rebellious and, and always pushing the boundaries of what I could get away with. Of course she and I would fight. Um, and I used to get an attitude and she'd slap me around for having an attitude and I would still fight back. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, it was, it was always kind of stressful. And during my teenage years, I, I really hate, like I hated mom. Like I was, I, I have compassion for her because I know I was not an easy teenager to have. I was just fighting for every, every ounce of freedom and independence I could have. I was fighting and I was not, I was not an easy child in that regard. So, and mom, of course, again, was just trying to hold the family together, just trying to do everything she could under the stress and trauma she was experiencing. So um, there was not a lot of love in that relationship. I feel like now as adults, um, you know, there's more of that there. But again, mom and I are not like, oh, I love you so much. Like that is <laughs> that is not our da- dynamic at all. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that at this point in my life, um, you know, but that is something that I think I still struggle with in, in regards to my other relationships, because when I'm stressed out, my default is to go to that avoidant attachment. My default is when I'm stressed to disconnect from the people that I love the most, disconnect from the people that I should be relying on for support and to kind of self-isolate. Um, and so that's something that I have become aware of in the recent years and I'm trying to work on, but it's definitely a struggle for me. How about you? Like, what's your, what's your relationship with mom? Because you were on the other end of the family. Um, well, I don't think I ever really had so much of an, an avoidance attachment style. Um, I remember with early years, um, I would do things so my dad would always you know stay up really late and my mom would go to bed early so I remember going to my mom's room and crawling up into her bed every night and falling asleep with her and then my dad would come wake me up when he went to bed and I would go back to my room so I really remember that I don't really know why I did it I none of my other siblings did it I just wanted to be close to her for some reason um and then, I, I mean, I guess growing up with mom is just whatever, a mother-daughter relationship, you know, as you get older, you know, you have resentment because it's like, ugh, I don't want to do my chores, I don't want to do this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, um, when, well, when I was really young, there was this whole situation where my dad had um, broken my mom's arm, he had taken a broom and was beating her, and I was uh, five years old I think well I remember this moment like it was yesterday Mm -hmm. my entire life I've always remembered that moment I I was right next to her I think that's a moment that all of us very vividly remember yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I just I remember I was right there and um she left she walked out the back door she left and I followed her and we're not going to get into the whole story but I remember panicking because all the other siblings stayed at the house like, okay, what do we do? And I ran after her. And she, we, she like went to her friend's house. I, and I was with her the whole time. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess it was just kind of this weird, like, just quiet kind of... I, I just felt kind of in tune with her pain. Um, and I felt like I needed to, like, be close to her. Um, and then as time went on even now uh especially so in high school I was really hard on her I remember saying some things to her that were very very hurtful Mm. and I do regret now um just being in high school I was just going through a lot she was going through a lot she was trying to pay the bills I remember just saying some really hurtful things to her just because I was frustrated and I was stressed out um but yeah we worked through it and then as time went on, like now as an adult, my mom is for sure someone I go to. I don't want to say like every time I'm stressed out, I call her. But sometimes like if I just feel so overwhelmed, I'm like, I just need to talk to mom. <laughs> and I'll just give her a call and I'll talk to her. And she just like she just makes it feel OK. <laughs> um, and occasionally I like to go. I live in California, so I can just 
drive five hours to Phoenix. And so, you know, within this year, I've, I went there a few times just to be there. And I helped my mom over the summer with, you know, getting the kids to and from school and just kind of being around her. Like, it's not all like, oh, she's my best friend. Like I always want to be around her every day. Like we definitely bicker, but I, I can see most very clearly now that she's for sure a shoulder for me to cry on, especially like being an adult now and having, you know, 110 other stresses and things that I have to worry about because mom, she's been through it. You know, she's very knowledgeable on a lot of things. So I definitely go to her as like a mentor. Mm. That's it's so I'm paralleling too, like your experiences with mom, your connection to mom and like my connection to mom as well, because, you know, hearing how you followed mom after that really horrific incident that happened in our childhood how you followed her out the door um, and I stayed in the house and um, you know that you really could feel you could you could connect with her and feel that pain that she was feeling and you wanted to be with her and even like crawling into bed and snuggling with her at night like I have zero memories of that <laughs> of having <laughs> that kind of relationship with her um, but to hear that it's it makes me again it's almost like uh, just in a family, there's that sisterhood dynamic that we've been talking about that's kind of threaded throughout the theme of this episode, but um, that then, ex- then expands to the relationship between mother and daughter, just that female yeah. relationship and how it's shown yeah. up for us in different ways. You had um, that emotional bond with mom where I didn't, I almost had that, okay, mom's here, I'm second in command, so I'm here to... You know, mom is heading the family in a certain sense. Um, you know, at least the, the the domestic part of the family. She's sort of the the top commander, and I'm like the second in charge here. When mom walks out that door, I have to step up and now take her place. You know, mm-hmm. where you had yeah. kind of a different dynamic. If mom walks out that door, I'm going with her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I think in this moment, I'm kind of realizing how much of an empath I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, duh. Just really, like, tuning in. I never really, like, I've always kind of knew I was an empath, but I never really associated myself with that term very often. But now I can really see it. Mm. I just really felt in tune to the pain. So Wow. Deep shit, Agnes. Deep shit. Yeah. Yes, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learn something new every day. <laughs> I know, right? Well, yeah. I feel like we should probably start wrapping this up for today, but um, I think that I feel this was really impactful, and I think there's a lot here that I'm I'm sure listeners can relate to, just that, that dynamic between sisters, um, within families, between mothers and daughters. But I feel like there is so much more to this conversation, and I'm really excited mm-hmm. to continue this um, and dive into some of those experiences and some of the dynamics between family members in later episodes as well. Yes, and for sure we will eventually bring in kind of the topic of our father and just the experiences with that um, and how that has affected our lives so you know, deeply. Um, and if you had anything else to say I wanted to close out with the gratitude um so Margaret what are you grateful for today Ooh. um today <laughs> always catch you off guard I know right <laughs> and I should be expecting it by now <laughs> <laughs> um I'm actually really grateful today because I get to see a friend of mine who I haven't been able to connect with in a couple of years and so I'm just um, really looking forward to that being able to connect with her and see how she's doing in her life so I'm just treasuring that as I go throughout my day and looking forward to it how about yeah that's so special thank you how about you Agnes what are you grateful for today at seven o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> <laughs> well right now I'm actually very grateful for this conversation um actually this morning I woke up with a lot of anxiety I felt um with recording a podcast in the beginning is very tedious there's a lot involved um whatever I'm like oh there's background noise and I can hear the cars driving by and whatever um and I was really nervous about that but I feel like this conversation has just been so good for me I don't know (laughs) I feel like I've learned so many things about myself just diving into our family 
and right now I, I don't really live near any of my siblings um, you know being in California so it's really special for me to really like tune into that and tune into how I felt as a little girl and I, I'm just so grateful to have these conversations and feel these ways and realize these moments and I'm, I'm just so grateful Aww. all right well thank you Agnes thank you we believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things wherever you are if you are able close your eyes take a deep breath in and out and reflect on something that you are grateful for today we are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today and we hope you have a beautiful week If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcast. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Chioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.